Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, everybody. It is Money Monday, so you know what time of the week it is. It is 3.30 Central-ish. Oh my gosh. Welcome back. We do this every Monday at... 3.30-ish, right? There you go. Yeah, boom. We are live. We've been doing this for now, what, two years, a year and a half, somewhere around there. I don't know. We started during COVID, so, you know, I think it was in the spring of 2020, so we're going on almost three years that we've been doing this. Plenty of content. Check out our YouTube channel. We, We record all of these things. So you can hear us banter back and forth. Yeah, I've been for the stuck last listening years. to Ben for several years now. It's just and we go over, can't seem to get away from it. We go over plenty of topics, and if you want to hear us talk about a topic, please drop those in the comments. Email us. We love participation. And so today, what are we talking about, man? We're talking about 2023 goals, forecasts, and strategies. Ooh. A little bit of everything. So this is that time of year that you should already be working on your goals. If you haven't, you need to be doing that this week, right? Because doing them in January, you're not really gonna, you're gonna at least burn a month of your year just developing the goals that you should have done in November and December. So just like budgets and everything else that needs to be done in November, early December before the holidays so you can roll into the new year with all of that buttoned up. So we're gonna get right into it, man. So I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. Go for it. What is the current state of multifamily real estate right now? It's um, it's in discovery mode is my final answer. Right, right now, mode. and I actually literally have a broker call me as we speak. Uh, but ultimately, I think it's starting to settle, right? Especially with last Thursday's announcement that they're gonna keep the, the, the increase at 50 points and not 75. So I think things are settling, right? At a, at a mm-hmm. new low though, right? You know, prices has gone down quite a bit. Rates have gone up, because, you know, accordingly. Yeah. And I think it's starting to, the, it's kind of hopefully getting past the, the unknown unknown. And yeah. now it's just an unknown. And so I think things will start to flatten out. It's we'll one see. unknown yeah. versus two unknown. <laughs> and so, you know, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's on the tail end of discovery mode, maybe is the other no, simple I think, answer. Yeah, and when he means price discovery, folks, right? Like, you know, what is, what is a seller willing to accept versus what a buyer is willing to buy it for? Right, there needs to be an equilibrium there. And I think, you know, the cost of capital shot up so much and sellers were still way up here, right? So there wasn't an equilibrium and a lot of deals blew up, right? And then the people that made it out on the other side of it, which was us, we had to we had to force those sellers down to where our cost of capital was, right? And we ended up getting five, 10, 15% discounts on our deals that we were under contract on uh, over the over the summer. Things are probably gonna bottom out, I'd say from the from the peak to the trough, you know, call it anywhere from 10 to 20%, depending on what submarket you're in. Uh, you know, we invest in the Sun Belt, things are still going strong. You know, there's other parts of the country that um, aren't gonna go strong and certainly aren't gonna go strong when a recession hits either, right? You know, which kind of goes into our second question, which is why has demand remained so strong uh, for multifamily properties for so long? I think ultimately it just depends on where you're at, right? It was you know? kind of the darling of, you know. And it still is. I think in a lot of ways it still is the darling of a lot of asset classes. You know, it, it made its way through COVID and, and really, really got, it was like a rubber band. It just got shot out and, and then values just skyrocketed. So did rents. Yeah. And, and the I, fundamentals are attractive, right? That's yes. the thing. The, why it's the darling, the fundamentals are attractive. That's why people, including ourselves, like multifamily, right? Yes. With inflation, you get usually rent growth. Sometimes you get some other factors like job growth, population growth, right? Those things happen. And so given enough time, 
multifamily is a very attractive asset. Now, you know, time in the market is better than timing the market. Oh, but again, it's a great asset like class that. that things haven't changed. People are no, you know, not living in apartments any less, right? People still need a place to live, yeah. right? S- storage, again, like you could argue, oh, storage is a weird asset class. But guess what? People are also storing just like they used to, if not more. Yeah. And so, some, you know, but there's other asset classes where things Let's maybe go, go less. Let's go to Hotels extreme. Hotels is a good example. Hotel, During COVID. Well, I was, was going to say office, too. Right? Office, yeah, office is another yeah. good example, right? People, there's still TBD on what happens with office. So, not as attractive as an asset class because there's a lot more unknowns. Now, that said, yeah. pricing is low. Maybe there's a chance to, you know, get into cool deals and we're looking at stuff. But, yeah. again, it's not as straightforward and simple as multifamily is. No, absolutely. So you know, and by I mean, simple, I mean fundamentals. The operational, it's a whole other, you know. Oh story. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the most operationally intense part of any asset class. That's why you know, obviously, after the, hotels, after hotels, right? Or hotels before, is yeah, a service of business, right? So you have to each day you're catering to a new client, right? Whereas you know, multifamily at least have six to twelve months to wow them and get them to renew, but a lot of things can happen because that's somebody's that's somebody's house, right? So current state. Still in the equilibrium price discovery. I think we're getting there, right? I think the, the Fed has kind of tipped their hand as to what's going what's gonna to happen in the future, which is you're still going to have some rate increases. How many? Who knows? Um, they're not going to be as deep as the 75-point uh, you know, um, you know, rate increases that we've seen in the past. It's going to be probably 50, then maybe 25, then maybe 25, and then it's probably going to stop there for a little while, and then it's probably going to start going back down. That's just what we think. I'm Nobody has be a crystal ball. I'm betting it's going to be 350s. You think 350s? Oh, I don't I'm not going to take that back because I don't know, and you he know. doesn't know that either, but that could possibly No, happen. if I say it definitively <laughs> enough, it's going to happen. <laughs> Right. So, so um, but demand is still there. There's still buyers and sellers. It's a liquid market. There's still debt there. Equity is still looking to, to do deals. We have a deal here in Houston that, that we're looking to launch here. It's called Hollister Place. And, you know, really, really excited about that. And we have a ton, ton of people lining up to put their money into that deal, right? Because they want their bonus depreciation before the end of the year. But moving along. What are renters looking for today for multifamily property? So this is, again, we're talking about forecasting and strategies for 2023. I think technology is going to continue to be something that property management companies and owners are going to adopt more and more. I think um, being more pet friendly and having more amenities when it comes to pets is going to be something that a lot of renters are going to continue to look for. A lot of people, I mean, all of them, especially like in Austin and some of these more kind of urban markets that we have properties in, everybody's got a dang dog. You know, there's some people that got cats, but, you know, mainly dogs, right, that you have to kind of cater to. So you want to make sure you have your bark park, which is a dog park, folks. Um, you know, you want to maybe even have a pet washing station. You want to have stuff that's going to cater to being a pet-friendly community. Back to the technology piece, right? You know, you want smart home living was what people, everything everyone wants on an app. They don't want to carry keys around. It's a pain in the butt. They want to be able to get into the to the fitness center with the same app that they can get into their home, right? And also ultimately having some maybe smart home technology within the unit is important too, right? Maybe a Nest thermostat or some kind of a, you know, an, uh, you know a whole thing that, that can control, you know, from AC to, to the alarm to everything in between, right? We're seeing more and more of that. I think that that going into 2023, you're going to see more of that as well, right? So I think that renters are looking for that. That's just kind of been a, a holdover. And I think renters are also kind of looking for, you know, space where they can they can work from home if they still want to work from home, right? Those little cubbies and those little those little work nooks that, that you see in some properties, those are really much in demand. So are the townhome units, right? Where they've got enough space where it kind of feels like a home, but it's still an apartment. I think those are still going to be in demand. So a lot of the stuff that was really still in demand from 2021, 2022, is still going to continue. I don't, I don't see that changing. In fact, I think that's just going to accelerate, right? So 
moving along. Do you see demand for apartments, both from renters and investors, continue to hold steady or rise through the rest of this next this year and into next? I think ultimately, what do you think? Demand from renters, I think, will stay as is. Right? I don't. There's not really a driving factor to increase demand, except for the argument that hey, as rates have gone up, people can't buy houses, so therefore yeah. they must continue. I think there's to a rent. subset of people that that that, that affects, you know, some, right? A you little know, bit of that. But I mean, I it's not going to be a huge. It's not like it's not like 20 percent of the population was going to buy a house next year, and now they can't buy a house because the interest rates. But there's a you know, call it a three to five percent that maybe fall into that bucket. Yeah, and right? so demand, you know. Stay the same, slight increase, right? And again, that's why it's attractive. I mean, people yeah. will rent in a bad market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say investor demand. I think this year, kind of, to t- second half obviously was super weak. I think it'll probably still be kind of like sort of flat for the next couple of bit. Which I think, again, I that's think, where you I can find the, the right half, assets. I think so. for the first half of, of 2023, well, I think it's the second be half demand might go up, but there's also going to be a lot more product too because I think the there things are going to be. Yeah, uh, I think some the rough people, the people that might be in in trouble is what he's alluding to. There might there could be a buying opportunity. So now is the time, and I've been telling people this on podcasts and events that I've been speaking at the last couple of months is now is the time, folks, to be getting yourself educated. Now's the time to be having conversations with your investors and getting your money lined up, right? Unless you're an experienced, vertically integrated firm like us, it's very tough to navigate today's market, right? And that's not just to pat ourselves on the back. I'm just telling newbies should not be trying to buy a deal right now. You're going to get annihilated, right? Because there's lenders that are real sharky out there, the brokers that are still trying to figure out what's a good deal, not a good deal. They're just throwing things out there to see what sticks. There's a lot of negotiation, a lot of back and forth that has to happen to get a deal across the finish line right now. So my advice to people that are getting into the market is get your powder dry, get yourself educated, find your partners, get your team together. Then on that back half of 2023, you'll be in a good position to go out and and maybe pick up some good opportunities. right? I don't think it's going to be a complete bloodbath, but there's definitely going to be some people that are going to be hurting. And if you're in a good spot with these brokers, you might be able to sniff out those deals. So... What can we expect in multifamily in 2023? This is just another question that kind of came in. It's a similar, right, you know, to what I was just saying, right? That's what you can expect is that the first half probably going to be a little bit slower. Second half, maybe a buying opportunity or at least where it's going to pick up. So I think it's important for uh, people to, again, get yourself educated, get your money together. Um, you know, what are your multifamily growth strategies for 2023? You know, I mean, I think... We're always going to be buyers. There's always good times to buy in the market as long as you're buying right in that specific and where where the debt is in that market, right? You know, you have to have somewhat of a crystal ball and forecast things out. But, you know, to be 100% on the sideline, I'm against that, right? You know, I think that there's ultimately always good opportunities. And we're already getting, just from brokers, because a lot of people have been sitting on the sidelines, they're just like, man, make me an offer. Throw something in yeah. there. Right? There's you always know. a price we'll buy. It just yeah, may not yeah, be like, worth I mean, I'm just like, well, if you really shoot, if you really want me to, th- I'll throw an offer in. And guess what? We're getting, we're getting, we're we're buying some stuff, and we're also getting the best and final and some other things. Again, it has to fit that buy box. Your returns have to be there. They have to be risk adjusted, right? Because there's a little risk in the market, right? And you have to make sure that your interest rate is there, right? If you're using Fannie or Freddie, your interest rate shouldn't be anything less than 5.5 on. And it could be upwards of 6% if you're doing a Freddie floater, right? On your bridge debt, minimum 6%, probably closer to 7, right? So if your deal still works at those interest rates and you can refinance out if you're doing bridge or you can hold on to it long term if it's a fixed rate, go for it. Make an offer. But you also have to make sure that you can raise the equity because, you know, we're still seeing a lot of people clamor for it, but there is some equity that's sitting on the sidelines too. 
So that's kind of our, our, our growth strategy is just be in the market, be keeping our ear to the ground, continue those conversations with those brokers, and then continue to sharpen our swords too along the way, right? Um, real estate trends to watch for in 2023. I think we kind of went through a lot of that, right? And then, uh, I don't I mean, think any other big trends, hmm, syndication will continue, right? I don't think that'll continue to grow. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, there's um, a lot, there's more syndicators today than there was yesterday than there was the day uh, before, right? I stole that from you. I know you did. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of any other big trends we're expecting to see next year. You know, I guess there will be more of smart devices, some of that stuff kind of yeah. trickling in. But again, it's, Man, you know, rentals have been the same for a thousand years. You know, slight variations, uh, right? But I mean, ultimately, you provide space, people pay rent. That's true. Right? It's not changed drastically. No, it's been on for tens of thousands. Of, I mean, not tens of thousands, a few thousand years. Yeah, there's probably landlords. There's there. landlords. There's absolutely. The Romans landlords. were landlords. You know? I know they were. I'm not saying that, but I'm just I saying I would have probably owned a Coliseum and had Ben, really you know, out there. I was a gladiator out there. I was chopping uh, people's heads off. But well, actually, I thought you were the guy that was just holding the line. <laughs> I'm that guy. I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, man. gladiator man! You yeah. went you went straight I, to the top I, of that I, one. I know, man. I'm Russell Crowe in this thing in this in this example here. Um, you know, real estate trends again. I think it's there's not really going to be trends. I think it's going to be a little bit of what's happening in 2022. 2022 is kind of almost like a lost year. I, don't, I didn't see anything revolutionary that's going to really change the way that you operate or, or, or operate a property. I'll say the trend. The trend what? is non-performing assets. That's well, my prediction. Yeah, I guess, yeah, There's but the, well, we just talked that. about that though, right? So, I mean, yeah, is that, is that a trend or is that a forecast? I, at the end of the day, we think that there's going to be some buying opportunities. Again, like I alluded to earlier, this is just one, two people's honest opinions. Take it for what it's worth. Maybe it's not even worth two cents. But if you get your powder dry, you get yourself educated, you build out your team, I think that there's going to be a lot of buying opportunities over the next 12 months. So um, maybe that's one trend that we can go back on at the end of 2023 and you can tell us we're either completely wrong or maybe we were really right, who knows. Uh, but fortunes are made you know, in these parts of the cycle, right? When things start dropping, the, the, the rug gets pulled out from underneath people, the people that had the powder dry are ready to, to, ready to swoop in on those. So, gets us all to developing goals, right? We've already done our 2023 goal planning for, for next year. We had done that in November. You know, we, we expect if you haven't done that yet, you need to do that within the next week or two. Do not be doing it in January, right? One of the things that we do do along with other, you know, I, I guess exercises that go along with goal planning is a SMART goal, right? We've talked about this on, on this show in the past around the same time, right? So a SMART goal, what does it stand for? Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound, right? Those are important, right? You know, and to kind of give you an example of one of the ones that we're doing, right, you know, Shh, don't tell our secrets. <laughs> okay, go for it. Uh, I'll tell you one, right? You know, because it's relevant to the show, right? We're going to buy four hundred million in multifamily real estate that's built at least nineteen ninety and newer in Sun Belt markets by next year. So, and if we struggle to raise the money, we're going to have Ben participate as a gladiator, and we're going to pay for tickets to the show. And we'll raise the rest of the money. The rainmaker, no, and I'll be the, the guy. Rainmaker. I'll be the guy holding back the lines from that. Don't worry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that's one of our smart goals, right? You know, what are some of yours that you like? Right? Dump those in the comments if you like. You know, give people some something to kind of get their their juices flowing. And and you know, what what can I do next year to move the needle? Right? You want to be in this same seat next year and having moved the needle on your career and where you want to be. 
right, with, with financial freedom or whatever it is that you're trying to attain, right? So those are some of the SMART goals, right? Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Those are all important. Plenty of information on there. Tony Robbins talks about a lot of this stuff. And also, I'm big on vision boards, right? Put it up there. Get a board up in your office or, you know, even, you know, maybe at your home office too, right? And put some of the things that you're looking to do. If, if your goal is to live on a beach, put a beach house up there, right? If your goal is to buy that jet and be like Grant Cardone, put a jet up there, right? You know, it's important to visualize what you're looking to do. I'm telling you that every day you look at that, it's going to get buried further and further in your, and just your subconscious. And you're going to, you're ultimately going to start moving towards that. So it's important. Boom. That said, Money Mondays is every Monday, 3.30 Central. If you have comments, thoughts, questions, ideas, tips, suggestions, whatever, please go ahead and ask them. But let's see, we have a few. So Ronnie, long time to see. Ronnie, Ronnie, says, Ronnie. How are you buying your interest, interest rate caps and what strike are you buying at? Man, we've bought stuff this summer and from the two and a half to three. Yeah, I've seen it. We've done it as low as two and a half to threes. Most yeah. of the time, the lenders aren't going to let you go higher than three. You know, there's been a couple of situations where we felt like we needed to buy it down. And it was cost effective enough, but just to, just know that if you're buying it down, it gets very very expensive. Expensive very fast. Yeah, so. you know, I mean, I've spent more money on rate caps this year than I want to I want to admit. All right. Let's Any other see. questions? Ronnie L says thoughts on structuring pref equity into deals. Yeah, I mean, we've done this too, man. You we know, like th- it with our own raised pref equity, yes. and we've deployed in other people's. Would you do a pref deal today? I think it just depends, yeah, right? It still you know, depends. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I think. I probably like it in other people's deals more than probably in our own. Um, but we do have investors that actually, what we call a soft pref versus a hard pref, right? And the reason that we call it a soft pref is this because it's, it's our, we're essentially raising our own pref equity class of shares, right? And for people that don't know what the heck we're talking about, look it up, but you essentially have senior debt, then you have preferred equity, then you have common equity, which is your, your main LPs, right? Preferred equity typically gets a fixed rate, they don't get any upside, but here's the kicker on why people would actually do that, right? Your common equity might get six or 7%, your preferred equity might get 10 to 12, and they get paid first and they get paid back first. But getting no upside. But no upside, I mentioned that, I mentioned yeah. that. So, but that's the, that's, those are some of the advantages and like people will be like, why the heck would I invest in that? Well, it's a lot less risky than the common equity because a lot of things have to go wrong for that pref equity to get nuked. So they're gonna, even if the deal completely crumbles, typically the senior lender and the pref equity get paid off, right? Common equity might be the ones left holding the back. We're not trying to say one is better than the other folks. You have to look at it from a risk-adjusted return perspective, and each deal is different, right? You know, but you know, I would still probably invest pref equity into a deal, um, and maybe we'll do it. We're not going to do it on these next couple of deals, you know, um, but yeah. we might do it on Ronnie something says, in the future. Great opportunity to be a pref equity provider right now. Yeah, that's why that's that's why I like it better, right? You know, I think that that's, and we've done that. We did a fund two years ago, right? We deployed the last of it this last year. You know, or this year, excuse me. I think we did it. Know. I think we did it. Yeah, last about a year ago. Yeah, like yeah. So ago. we did we did about five, and we did it into four different deals, almost thirteen hundred units, right? So we have we're a pref equity provider into other people's deals, yeah. um, and I think that there's an opportunity there. But one thing to realize, though, folks, right? If you want to get into that game, you're you're competing not, against some bigger thing. Yeah, yeah, you're competing against some bigger bigger shops that their cost of capital is a lot 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 cheaper. Absolutely. So something to think about. Let's keep going. All right. Any other so, questions? No, more. So if you got questions, thoughts, All comments, right. please leave them. 
All right, so it wouldn't be a Money Mondays without talking about the Multifamily Investor Network Conference. Oh my gosh, February 11th here in Houston. This is the big one, folks. This is the big one. Real Seven, big. 800 people. We've already sold, we almost sold out of VIP, actually. We only have really? A, yes, sir. And that's, nice. you know, that's only in the, you know a few days. So okay. our little bird sale is on sale. Prices will go up every week on the week. So get your tickets sooner than later. Don't be that person that buys a last second ticket for a lot more than you could have yes. earlier. Yes, you know, be an overachiever and buy them now because this is the rock bottom price that yeah. you're going to get them at. What coupon codes should you use then? Early bird at checkout, get the 150 bucks off. Again, I don't think we're making any money at this point. So please, take our tickets. Come hang out with us February 11th here in Houston. We're going to have about seven or 800 people. Absolutely. A lot of great speakers, a lot of great panels, a lot of great networking. So, come check us out. What is coming up next week? Our year in review. What all we got done for the year. So we'll kind of share firsthand what's going on in the disrupt offices. 2022, our year in review. So we will go through how was our year? What did we see? You know, we kind of alluded to some of that here in today's show. But today's more about the goal planning because you need to be doing that right now. We'll do the recap next week and talk to you about what we saw in 2022, maybe some predictions again for 2023 and what we were predicting in 2021 that went right and most likely probably wasn't right at all. So (laughs) check that out next week, Money Mondays, every Monday, 3.30-ish Central Standard. Thank you very much. We'll see you all next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash-flowing multifamily properties, visit disruptequity.com invest. Fill out your information there, and you will get notified when we release our next multifamily passive investment offering.